Hi there, and welcome back to Toxic Bliss, Surviving Narcissism, with me, Awen Reese. In the last episode, things started heating up with Liam, and we had begun to make plans to meet. I hadn't seen or heard from Mike in weeks since that day he came by to use the shower, and it felt good. Until one day. Mike showed up unannounced, of course, and said that he needed to talk to me. I was downstairs from my apartment in the laundromat. I asked him what he wanted in the coldest tone of voice I could muster, and he said, It was complicated. Could we go upstairs to talk where it was quiet? I told him that I was going upstairs when I was done with the laundry, but he was welcome to fold all the clothes and talk with me if he wanted while I did that. He jumped right in to help. I found this curious and almost comical given his near allergic aversion to doing laundry while we had been together. He must really want something big. After all the clothes were done and folded, Mike loaded all of the baskets on top of each other and carried them, effortlessly, up the stairs of doom to my apartment. I followed behind him, wrangling the kids up the stairs while rolling my eyes at his far too obvious display of male prowess. I opened the door, and he walked right in like he owned the place. He went to the closet and started putting the clothes away, again demonstrating to me how useful and helpful he could be when he wanted something. I stood there watching him with a rather bemused expression on my face. All right, Mike, what do you want? I asked, laughing darkly, as he was clearly angling for a big request. Well, you know that place I was staying at with some friends? Uh, the one with no hot water, that place? Yeah, he said, that place. Well, it turns out my roommate, who was collecting the rent money each month, was just pocketing the cash and not paying the landlord, so we all got kicked out. But the landlord said that I could take over the apartment if I wanted to, because he liked me, but I can't afford it, so I kind of need a place to stay. But it's just for a couple of weeks. I have some money saved up for a new place, but I need two or three more paychecks to get it done. Aw, Mike, I said, sighing deeply. That's not gonna work. Come on, man. That's asking way too much. You'll disrupt the kids, and I can't afford to support another adult for even a few weeks. You eat like a damn horse, and my food budget is already too thin as it is. I just can't. But he persisted. I'll buy food and, and anything you need. It won't cost you anything. I promise. I have money saved up. I told you that. And I replied, yes, you did tell me that, but if you spend that on groceries and other things, then you won't be able to move out. I don't want to get caught in some endless loop with you. I've moved on. But yet, of course, he persisted. Come on, honey, it's just for a little while. I promise I won't cost you a dime, and I can help out with stuff like the laundry, see? I can be useful, too, and help you with the kids. I'll make it as easy on you as I can. It'll be fun, you'll see. <sighs> I sat down in a chair at the kitchen table, and he joined me, taking my hands in his, and pleading with me, smiling as sweetly as he could, and using his puppy-dog eyes for added effect. I shook my head, but he could sense a hint of defeat in my reaction. You don't want me sleeping on a park bench, do you? I am the father of your son, after all. Now, that was a low blow, and he knew it. I had a very strong sense of family and loyalty, or something like that, and he knew playing on that heartstring would be effective. It was, unfortunately. 
So many feelings came flooding back to me, but the greatest of them was anger. I was angry that he would play on my emotions like this after everything. Angry that I was being dealt a guilt trip like none other. Knowing that nothing good could possibly come of this. And I was angry that was a part of me that couldn't say no. I noticed that he was still talking, but I hadn't answered him yet, and I was lost in my own thoughts. What would Liam think about all this, and how on earth would I explain it to him? Why can't Mike just disappear off the face of the planet and stop tormenting me? And with that thought, the phone rang. Oh, thank God, I thought. I needed a distraction, badly. I got up, left Mike at the table, and answered the phone. It was Liam, of course. Hey, I said brightly. I was so happy to hear his voice, and after exchanging pleasantries, I told him that I had just got back up from the laundry and I had a mic issue happening. Could he call back in an hour? He expressed his concern and asked if I was sure I was safe, and once reassured of that, he said he'd call back in exactly one hour, and I needed to answer so he'd know everything was okay. I promised and said goodbye. And I turned back to Mike, who was now glaring daggers at me from the kitchen table. Who was that? he asked harshly. None of your business, I told him. Are you seeing someone? He pressed on. You know, Mike, if this is going to be your attitude, then you sure as hell aren't going to be staying here for one hour, let alone a few weeks. I now realized that I had a bargaining chip in this fiasco, and I was going to play it. If he wanted to stay here, he had to play by my rules, and it was time to make that very, very clear. He changed his tone as fast as lightning. You're right. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. I'm just, I'm surprised, and it hurts to think that you've moved on so fast. I know we had some problems, but you're the love of my life, and I, I thought it was yours, too. There was a minute of awkward silence. So, can I stay, please? I sighed and said, fine, three weeks tops, not one day more, and I told him as I marked it on the calendar. He stood up and wrapped his arms around me, tighter than was comfortable. I pushed away from him and told him there would be none of that and we are not getting back together, so don't even dream of that happening. Three weeks and you're out. Yes, ma'am, he said cheerily. Can I see your keys? All my stuff is downstairs. I want to go get it before someone swipes it. I handed him the keys and off he went. I flopped down on the sofa and pulled Maggie into a big hug. Three weeks, honey, can you do this? She nodded at me and went back to playing. She didn't seem overly fussed about it, so that was good at least. Ugh. As Mike came in with all of his worldly possessions, I went to the kitchen to see what I could make for dinner that would feed all of us. Dinner's on me tonight, he announced. Who wants pizza? The kids got excited and I slammed the refrigerator door a little too hard. I grabbed the phone to order some pizza, and he went to work setting up his video game consoles, because, clearly, that was what was important at the time. He grabbed a game from his bag and ran over to show it to me. Look what I found! Remember this? He said as he thrust a copy of Crazy Taxi into my hands. I did remember that game. We used to play it with the girls when we were living in Florida, every time we took them to Cece's Pizza for dinner. It was a ton of fun, and it used to crack them up. Let me put it on, he said excitedly. He put the game on and sat on the floor with the kids, with Mac in his lap, and they all had a turn at Crazy Taxi. Meanwhile, I was waiting for Liam to call, and not looking forward to sharing this turn of events with him. 
When the phone finally rang, I told Mike that I was taking this call out in the stairwell. Staying with the kids and don't forget to listen for the pizza guy, I told him. I went down the hall and sat on the stairs to talk to Liam privately. Yes, the stairwell was far more private than my own apartment at the moment. I explained the situation, and although Liam wasn't happy about it, he understood why I felt like I had to let him stay. He was worried that it might not be the safest thing in the world, but it wasn't born of jealousy. He wasn't worried that Mike might woo me back to him, and of that I was extraordinarily pleased. So we changed the subject, and we just talked about normal things, and my heart rate calmed down and life just felt better. We talked for quite a while, at least until the pizza guy came past me on his way up the stairs with dinner. I laughed and said Liam had more to worry about from the dude with the hot pizza than he did from Mike. We said our goodbyes, and he promised he'd call me again tomorrow. I went back inside right behind the pizza guy and set the table for dinner. By the time I had finished getting the plates out, though, I noticed that Mike had returned to the living room floor in front of the TV with the kids and the pizzas, and they were already digging in. <sighs> I sighed and took my plate to the couch and grabbed a slice before it was all gone. Gonna pause here for a quick break from our sponsor, and when we come back, let's see how my first evening with Mike as a roommate progresses. Welcome back. After dinner... I cleaned up and got the kids bathed and ready for bed. Once they were all tucked in, I sat down at my computer, as I always did at that time of night. Want to watch a movie or something? Mike asked. No thanks, I said as I continued with what I was doing. Want to play a game? I got a new Resident Evil game. You love that series. No thanks, I said a little more directly this time. Well, what do you want to do then? You sounded exasperated. Mike. I said, turning to face him. I'm doing what I want to do, okay? You staying here does not mean we're joined at the hip. Just go play a game or something. You'll be fine. I turned back to my computer and put my headphones on this time, hoping he'd take the hint. He muttered something under his breath, and I ignored him and started chatting with Liam online. Bedtime came around, so I went to the bathroom and brushed my teeth and put my pajamas on and I started turning off the lights and got my blankets and pillows out and put them on the couch. I need to go to bed now, I said. It's time to turn off the TV. God, fine, Mike yelled, and tossed the controller across the floor and started getting ready for bed himself. I completely ignored him and just laid down and went to sleep. I had an imaginary conversation with Liam in my head, just to preserve my sanity. The next morning, I got up early and I did two things. First, I went to my computer and set a series of passwords on it to prevent Mike from accessing it. I knew that he knew how to bypass a BIOS password, so I set every other possible lock on it that I could think of. And finally, I realized it was just easier to take the power cable out, so I did. I put it in Mac's diaper bag, that being the last place that Mike was likely to look for anything. And then I called my mother and asked if we could spend the day at her house, and she said she'd come pick us up after breakfast. There. Sorted. I got the kids up and dressed and fed, and then left a note for Mike on the kitchen table. He was still snoring loudly on the floor. I also left him his old house key again so that he could lock the door if he left. The kids and I left and went to my mom's house for the day. It was peaceful and relaxing. She had a small paddling pool in the yard, and they played in that as we made a picnic-style lunch. I did not tell her that Mike was staying with me again, because I knew what she would say, and honestly, I just needed some peace and calm right now, 
Not a huge fight with my mother. Not that it would have been a fight necessarily, because everything that I knew she would say was right, but I didn't see a way around it all, so better to just leave things unsaid for now. Maggie had thankfully not mentioned it either. That night, when we got home, I found Mike pacing around the floor. He was fuming about something. Great. What's wrong? I asked, regretting that as soon as the words left my mouth. You took the power cable? Really? Don't you think that's a bit petty? Aha. I knew he'd try to get into the computer the second I turned my back. I just smirked and shook my head. Mike, listen. You don't live here. My things are not your things. We are not a couple, and you have no right to use my computer, and I have every right not to let you. Get your own computer or go across the parking lot to the library and use their computers, okay? Now, anyone ready for dinner? I said in a sing-song voice to the kids. Me, 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 they echoed. Tonight was not a pizza fest. It was back to normal fare in this house. Beanie weenies. But the kids loved it, so it was all good. We ate dinner. Well, the kids and I ate dinner at the table while Mike pouted on the floor in the living room playing a video game and that suited me just fine. This was going to be a long couple of weeks, and I wasn't positive that we'd even make it that far. Eventually, I got the kids to bed, and I took a nice, long, hot bubble bath to relax. After that, I settled down for my usual nighttime routine of internet time. I went to the diaper bag to get the power cable out for the computer, but instead I found it on the floor. But it was now in two pieces. Mike had cut it in half. Are you serious? I asked, spinning around to face him. Why would you do this? Do what? He asked with that stupid lying smirk face that he gets when he's being a stupid lying smirker. I don't know what you're talking about. I held the two sections of the cable in my hands and stared at them, sadly realized that now the cord was too short to strangle him with, so I guess I just have to throw it out. I put it in the trash and went to the closet where I had a box of spare computer parts that I had amassed over the years, and I got another power cable out, and I hooked it up to my computer without saying a word to the stupid lying smirker. I laughed inside, hoping that he felt even more stupid for not realizing that there had been a spare power cable in the closet all along that he could have used. As I sat there at the computer, chatting with Liam, I was also backing up my entire hard drive onto an external drive. I deleted anything from the main drive that I didn't want Mike to see because I knew eventually I would lose this battle and he'd either gain access to the computer or destroy it out of spite. I informed Liam of this in the event that he did destroy it and I was offline for a while until I replaced it. After talking with Liam for over an hour, I decided it was time for bed, but first I needed to have a talk with Mike. We sat down on the couch and I told him that this just wasn't going to work. He couldn't stay here, and I wanted him to leave the next morning. But instead of flying into a narcissistic rage, as he would usually do, he tried a different tactic. The pity party, victimhood, I don't know why I'm like this, help me, ploy. He cried, he hugged me, he said that he hated himself, and he should just die to spare everyone around him the pain that he always brings. In the past... This was an extremely effective tool that I fell for quite consistently. But not this time. I was immune, and I would not be swayed. Once he realized that, 
he dropped the poor me attitude and reverted back to his normal raging bull mood. I stopped him quickly before it got out of hand. If you're going to be like that, then you can leave right now. Sensing the danger of his predicament, he decided to calm down and have at least one more night with a roof over his head. I'm sorry, I'm fine, I just don't know what to do. Well, you'll figure it out tomorrow, I said, but for now, I'm going to bed. Good night. And with that, I went to sleep. In the next episode, we're going to see what happens with Mike, and if he actually leaves, or do I get stuck with him for good? Can Liam and I get through this and make a go at a new relationship? Until then, thanks for listening, and take care. People ask me what my secret.